Thanks for tuning into the Central Church Podcast. We exist to introduce people to Jesus and help them follow Him. To learn more about Central, access tons of content, and find the location nearest you, download our Central Church app. But for now, we hope you enjoy this message, and we're so glad you could join us today. Merry Christmas, everybody. It's great to have you here with us today. And man, Drew, hasn't the service just been uh, spectacular so far? So many amazing volunteers, so many incredible people that make Christmas at Central what it is. And I'm just super, super grateful. Um, How many of you have an ugly Christmas sweater tucked away in the closet somewhere? (laughs) Uh, how many you know somebody who has an ugly Christmas sweater and they don't know it's ugly? <laughs> right? Definitely that. But you know, ugly Christmas sweaters are sort of part of the holiday tradition. I went to a party this year, an ugly Christmas sweater party, and I thought maybe I'd get nominated for like most ugliest sweater, right? But I didn't even get the top three. You know, I had lights on and everything, nothing. So uh, I've been trying to up my game for next year, and I took some photos and some ugly Christmas sweaters. Let's see what you think. First of all, how many of you like the movie Elf? Anybody, anybody like Elf? All right, so I just started off with sort of the classic here, you know, Elf, and that's not really an ugly Christmas sweater, not in a big way. But then I decided to take this to a new level with Elf riding on Santa's shoulders. Look at that. Now we're getting closer, right? Now we're warming up. Then I thought I'd try um, the outfit from A Christmas Story, the movie, little Ralphie. He wants the BB gun, but he gets the bunny suit. You remember that? He's really frustrated by it. So here, here, I thought I'd try the bunny suit on for next year, just sort of seeing, you gotta be very secure, guys, to wear that pink bunny suit, I'm telling you. But if none of those work, then I definitely feel like I've found what could be the ugliest Christmas sweater possible, and it's called Shirtless Santa. Let's check this out right here, there it is. The Shirtless Santa sweater. And in case you're wondering, that uh, Santa hat is actually covering a very inappropriate nipple piercing. So anyway, (laughs) there there it is. All right. Well, you could win the, yeah, I thought we were going to go to the back there. You can win the ugliest Christmas sweater competition if you're willing to pay 20 bucks and lose your dignity, right? There it is. Simple as that. But you know, Christmas can get ugly. And I'm not just talking about the sweaters. It can get ugly. I mean, it's a wonderful time of year, but Traffic can get ugly. Come on, somebody. It's crazy out there, right? People driving crazy. Shopping can get ugly. Uh, Even even online shopping can get ugly with uh, porch pirates coming along, snagging different packages. Uh, Finances can get ugly. The Christmas list gets bigger. The bank account gets smaller, right? Um, Family can get ugly. I know there's some people that are like, man, Seems like we just did Thanksgiving like two weeks ago, and now we got to do this again. We're all getting back together. I need more time to recover. It can get ugly, and then emotionally it can get ugly. You live long enough, you'll go through some Christmas seasons without people that uh, you love dearly, or you know you face some Christmas seasons with different family situations. Some of you may, may be there now, or different financial situations, and emotionally it can get. I feel like Christmas is like the best of times and the most challenging of times, right? It exaggerates things in our lives. So if you're lonely, it exaggerates that lonely, right? If, you, if, you, if you're hurting or struggling, it can make it feel like you're struggling even that much more. It's a wonderful time of year. I love it, but it can get ugly. And I want to talk to you today about how we can experience joy even when we're struggling with some ugly 
in our lives this holiday season. And I wanna do that by looking at the original Christmas story. Luke chapter two, verse eight. This is what we do every week here at Central. I'll read this scripture off the screens. When we get to the highlighted word, I'll just ask you to read it out loud, very loud with me. And listen, kids, the louder you read it, the more presence you'll get. Your pastor said so. So here we go. Luke chapter two, beginning in verse eight. Check it out. It says, uh, that night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. And suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them. Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you what? Good news. Turn to the person next to you and say, good news. Good news that will bring great joy. Turn to the other person next to you and say, great joy. Good news, great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord has been born today in Bethlehem in the city of David. So the announcement that the angel made to the shepherd on the night that Jesus was born was an announcement of good news and great joy. A Savior had been born. And listen, I believe when we open God's gift and receive God's gift and celebrate God's gift that was delivered that first Christmas, we can re-experience good news, great joy, even when things are a little bit ugly. First principle is to open God's gift. Open God's gift. Uh, I remember when I was in high school, I played football. Uh, I wasn't very good. In fact, uh, I was hardly ever called out onto the field. I was sort of the charity guy on the team. And if they ever called me out in a game, it was always when it didn't matter. You know, I was like special teams when the game was over or whatever. So um, I was sitting on the bench and I'll never forget like, I got called, this is the only play I ever made in high school football. I got called up, there was three minutes left in the game. We we're playing Dalhart, Texas. They had the ball, they were driving down the field. It looked bad, because we were, we were uh, down by, I think, three points. And so, it was bad, it was bleak, right? But somebody got hurt, there was no other backup to the backup, and they had to call me. So the coach looks over there, he's like, Will Hyde, get in the game. I'm like, where's my helmet? Do I have a helmet, can I borrow your helmet? You know, like, I have been in a game. I was the guy that at the end of the game, I have to go out and rub stuff on my jersey, you know, so it looked like something happened. Anyway. So I go out on the field, I get in position, the ball snaps, I somehow get around the uh, offensive uh, guard there, I get around them, and My teammate gets around on the other side and he sacks the quarterback and the quarterback fumbles the ball and the ball starts bouncing towards our end zone. And then I'm running after it and another guy runs faster than me and he falls on the ball and the ball squirts out and it keeps bouncing towards the end zone. I'm just like Forrest Gump, you know, just keep running, just keep running. I don't know what I'm doing. And this is what I don't, this is what I'll never forget. The ball like supernaturally bounced up into my hands. No joke. And I stopped running. (laughs) And I looked down and I was in the end zone. I scored a touchdown. We won the game, people. The coach comes running out from the other side of the field, man. He ran onto the field. He was so excited. In fact, he used that the rest of the uh, rest of the season. He'd get everybody in the locker room and be like, guys, we got to step it up. Listen, even Will Height's scoring touchdowns now. You guys got to get it together. But I tell you that story because that's a picture of what grace is. 
Grace means undeserved favor. That's what it means. And spiritually, when you talk about grace, you're talking about the undeserved favor and forgiveness of God himself towards you in your life. And look, that day on the football field, I didn't do anything to deserve that play. I was just in the right place at the right time. In fact, it had little to do with me. The ball was there. I was there. It just all came together. These shepherds in the field that night, I don't think that the, that the angel made the announcement to them because they had earned it or because they had achieved it. It was just like they won the Super Bowl. They were in the right place at the right time. And the announcement comes, it's good news and it's great joy. And it's not about your performance and it's not about how good you are. It's not about how much you have it worked out in your life or how together you are. It's about how good God is. Good news, great joy, because we have a good God and he's giving you a gift today. A savior has been born. And when you think about that, first of all, it's good news. It's not good advice. We got a lot of good advice floating around, what to eat, what not to eat, how much to exercise, how much not to exercise, right? Everybody's got advice. But the good news of Jesus is news. It's an announcement of something that God has done on our behalf in the past. And because of what he's done on our behalf in the past, we can receive it and believe it and be transformed by it in our lives in the present. It's good news. God has done it. Not only is it good news, um, it's, uh, it's good news that a Savior has been born. Now you think about that. For somebody to be a savior, they have to save from something. And we need to be saved from the judgment of God. We need to be saved from our own sins. We need to be saved from our own failures and mistakes. We need a savior. We need somebody to help reconcile us to God. We need somebody to help us deal with our past, our failures, our mistakes, all the junk that we get ourselves into, that we need a savior. And the savior has been born in the past. And what God did in the past is more important than what you did in the past. What God did in the past is more important than what you did in the past. Your failures, my failures, our mistakes, it's really about what God has done for us. Romans chapter three says, we've all sinned, fallen short of the glory of God. In other words, there's no perfect people except on their resumes, right? <laughs> but that's short-lived. Let's check it out. Romans chapter three, verse 23 says, for the wages of sin is death. A sin means to miss the mark. And for our sin, the payment for our sin, for our disobedience, for our rebellion, right? It's death and spiritual death. But look, the wages of a sin is death, but the free what? Gift. The free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Let's just leave that up there for a minute. First of all, it is a free gift. Some of you, you're going to get some gifts this holiday season. You're going to open some gifts. I hope you get good gifts. I remember when my grandma used to always give me like underwear. You know, I'm like, hey, thanks. Socks. Great. Love it. A tie. Love being a dad. This is awesome. But God's gift is a gift you want. And it's a free gift. When you receive a gift, that's what you do. You receive it, right? You didn't earn it. You don't achieve it. But you accept it and you receive it. And the gift that God offers to each one of us is the gift of eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Now it says that the gift of eternal life. We read that together. And I think sometimes we just think of that as like life that goes on forever. But in the actual language where the word was used, eternal life implies more than just a length of time. It also implies a quality of life that we can experience today 
that goes forward forever into eternity. It's that quality of life that is filled with God and his goodness, that is filled with the fruit of his spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. It's that quality of life. Jesus said, I came to bring you life and life to the full. It's that quality of life that can fill our lives today and every day going forward into eternity. That's God's gift, eternal life, offered freely to every one of us. How do you receive it? Well, the Bible says if you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, and if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, that you will be saved. And so our opportunity today is to come before God and receive the gift that he has given us. Some of you, you're already here, and you know God has been calling you. He's been tapping you on the shoulder. He's been uh, wooing you to come and to receive the free gift that he offers you today. And all you need to do to receive it is open it and celebrate it. I know for me in my life, when I um, first came to faith in Christ, one of the most significant things that happened to me is when I surrendered my life to Christ. And you can argue, did I surrender my life to Christ because I simply chose to believe or because God chose me and called me to come and surrender my life to him? Either way, here's what I know. When I got down on my knees and surrendered my life to Jesus Christ, everything changed for the better. Everything changed for the better. What does it mean to surrender your life to Christ? It simply means that you believe in your heart and you believe with who you are that Jesus is your savior and your redeemer, and you trust him with your future. You don't have to have all the answers. You don't have to have it all worked out, but you're willing to follow him and trust him. And when you do that, you receive the greatest Christmas gift ever given in the universe, the gift of God through Jesus Christ and all that he brings to us in our lives. So open God's gift today. Open God's gift. Now, I want you to notice the angel not only says it's good news, it's great joy. The angel says, do not be afraid. One of the things I found in my life is when I start walking in faith, when I open God's gift and remember it every day, it changes my relationship to fear. It changes what I fear. In fact, I went through the Bible and I just captured all the times you'll see that phrase, do not be afraid. Or some translations say, fear not. And I just wrote down all the different times through the Old Testament, moving into the New Testament, that you read the phrase, or most of them, where you read the phrase, fear not. And this is what it says. We're just going to fly over it. It says, fear not, for God is with you. Fear not, for your God hears you. Fear not, for the battle belongs to the Lord. Fear not, for God is coming to save you. Fear not, for he is here to help you. Fear not, for he will strengthen you. Fear not, for the Lord will protect you. Fear not, for he knows your name. Fear not, for he knows the numbers of hairs on your head. And for some of you, it's less today than it was yesterday. Just saying. But don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Fear not, for he is here to bless you. Fear not, for he will help you. Fear not, for he will heal you. Fear not, for he will give you a great reward. Fear not the insults. Fear not the future. Fear not the secrets. Fear not the powers of humans or the power of hell. He has overcome them once and for all. Fear not, because nothing can separate you from his love, his value, his greater future. Fear not, because he's given you victory and it's his pleasure to give you the kingdom. Fear not, for he is the first and the last, the alpha and the Omega, the king of all rulers. Listen, death couldn't defeat him, the grave couldn't hold him, and the world cannot overcome him. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. 
because it's good news and it's great joy and it's more about God and who he is than it is about us and how well we've got it all worked out in our lives right now. Open God's gift in your heart and life. And then secondly, celebrate God's gift. Celebrate it every single day. You know, we often send emojis back and forth. You send people text messages, right? You know, one of my favorites is the fist bump. You know, somebody will say, so, hey, Lamp, fist bump, boom. Meet you at 12 o'clock, hey, fist bump, boom. Coming to Central, see you at Monday night or see you on, on, on Christmas Eve, good, boom, fist bump. Or the high five, right? high five's a good one. I started thinking like, what are the most popular emojis that we send to one another when we're communicating? You ever wonder this? What do you, on three, just yell out whatever you think the most popular emoji is, okay? One, two, three. Let me hear it. Heart, heart with, uh, that's actually a good one. Uh, right here was heart with um, heart eyes. None of us know actually how to say these, what these emojis are, but I've done some research. I got one right here. This is called smiling face with hard eyes. Now this is not the most popular emoji. This is the third most popular emoji, the third most. And this is like the emoji of love, right? Oh, I love you, you're awesome, heart. You know, and if you really love somebody, it's like pop, 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 pop. You know, you just kinda. And then all your friends, if you're in that early love stage or wanting to send the barf, I don't have the barf emoji up here, but you're like, stop, stop gushing. The second most popular emoji that we send through text messages and social media is this one right here. This is loudly crying face. <laughs> and I think this one often depends on how well this one's going, you know. <laughs> Things aren't going well here, they may, that's a loudly crying face. The number one most popular emoji that we send back and forth is this one right here. Crying face with, or uh, face, uh, what, could say, face with tears of joy. Face with tears of joy. I got it, I got it. <laughs> Calm down. Face with tears of joy. And this is like our laughter, right? When we're laughing or somebody tells a joke, that's hilarious, you know, we do face with tears of joy. And when I think about like Christmas, I think God is certainly communicating his love for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, John three sixteen, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. But I also think he's the source of joy. And that part of what Christmas is about is when you celebrate what God has done for you every day, it fills you with a great sense of joy. What you celebrate, what I celebrate, tends to be what replicates in our life. When you celebrate Jesus, celebrate what he's done for you, celebrate how he's provided for you, it can begin to replicate joy in your life even when things are ugly and difficult. In fact, look at what Peter says. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 says, What a God we have. Because Jesus was raised from the dead. We've been given a brand new life, and we have what? Everything, everything to live for, including a future in heaven. And the future starts now. Starts now. Starts today. And then the next sentence, he says, So we rejoice, even though... We face troubles of many kinds. We rejoice 
even though things may be hard. We rejoice even though finances may be difficult right now. We rejoice even though the divorce may be killing you right now. We rejoice even though family dynamics may just be overwhelming right now. We rejoice even though we aren't sure what the future holds. We rejoice even though we can't find the right guy or the right girl. We rejoice even though work isn't exactly our favorite. Like it's not the place we ultimately hoped we'd be, but this is where we are, right? We rejoice even when we come home to our house that looks nothing like the house on HGTV. We rejoice even when we go into that kitchen and you know that kitchen needs work, but it isn't that bad because then you go to the bathroom and you know the bathroom needs work, but then you walk into the bedroom and you know the bedroom needs work, but we rejoice anyway. We rejoice even when our kids don't listen to us. Come on, somebody. As a Dallas Cowboys football fan, I'm learning to rejoice even though every week a different team shows up on the field. People want the Cowboys to win. I'm like, I hope they lose every game now. We need to clean house, people. It's time to start over. But we don't just rejoice. We rejoice because... We rejoice because to you a son has been given and a child has been born. We rejoice because through Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, we find forgiveness and hope, God's spirit dwelling within us, the gift of eternal life, a relationship with the God who loves us. We rejoice because no matter how difficult or challenging things is, things are, we believe God is good. In fact, he's good even when things in our life don't feel so good right now. We rejoice because whether we have have the right guy or the right girl, more important than all of that is we have a God who fills that void in our life and we can follow him through thick and thin. We rejoice because even when the marriage is hard, even when the relationship's hard, we have a God who loves us, who calls himself the father to the fatherless, who loves us through the dark times and the difficult times, who has said he will never leave us and never forsake us. So no matter what happens, no matter what comes, we never walk alone. We never walk alone. God is with us. When I was 17 years old, I walked through the doors of a church for the first time on my own terms, which basically means my parents didn't make me go. And I was coming out of a four-year drug addiction. In a lot of ways, my life was a complicated web of lies and deceit, sin. I was a mess. And I was so thankful, because when I look back in my life, I realized that God showed me undeserved favor and grace. I thought when I walked in the church that the church would collapse. Some of you felt that way when you came into church right now. You think, man, I'm gonna go to church. The ceiling could fall in at any moment. Listen, it is, we've already been down this road with thousands of people. It is a well-architecturally uh, structured building. <laughs> you don't have to worry about the ceiling falling in. What's available to you is the grace of God if you receive it. If you reach out and believe it, if you surrender your heart and life and say, you know what, I'm willing to do it God's way. Somebody came to service last night 
They said, you know, they were so tired of their life and the direction that it had been going. And they didn't plan on this, but they came in. They, they thought, you know, I'm, gonna, I'm leaving the old life behind. I'm embracing the new life God has for me. They surrendered their lives to Christ. After service, they went out into our lobby and they said, I'm going to be baptized as a picture of what I believe in my heart, what God has done in my life. And I'm, I'm moving into this new year with God. It's a new me. I'm committed to him. And so they took that step. People gathered around. Around, cheered her on, celebrated, and any one of you could take that step today. After service, you can go by and get baptized. We've got uh, new changing rooms out here available for you. We've got t-shirts. You, you can put your t-shirt on. We've got towels, everything you need to get baptized, and it could be an amazing way for some of you to mark Christmas in your heart and life this year. That was the moment when I said, I'm moving forward in my faith with God. This next year is going to be different than the last year. Maybe for some of you, it's simply putting your faith and your trust in Jesus Christ. You know if he's been tapping you on the shoulder, if he's been calling you to come home to him. And it would be my privilege, if you're ready to surrender your life, to just lead you in a prayer to help you take that spiritual step. You can pray this out loud. You can pray it in your heart. There's nothing magical about it. It's just a tool to help you begin your relationship with God and start that journey. So would all of you please bow your heads and close your eyes. If you'd like to follow Jesus in your life today, you can begin that journey by repeating after me, either out loud or in your heart. Just say, dear God, I thank you for loving me. Thank you for sending Jesus into the world. I believe he died on the cross for my sins. I believe he rose again. Forgive me for my sins. Give me the gift of eternal life. Help me face the challenges I'm up against. God, I surrender my life to you. In Christ's name. Friends, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if that's your prayer commitment today, I want to ask you to just slip your hand in the air. Just make eye contact with me just to say before God and to say to me, you're going to follow him in your life today. God bless you guys. Just reach out to him today. Thank you. God bless you. God, I thank you for each individual here, and I pray you'll just move in each of our hearts and lives, particularly for those surrendering to you. I'm so grateful for what you're doing in their life, and I pray you'll fill them with your hope, your love, your joy, your peace, your strength, and use them in awesome ways as they follow you in faith. God, we love you. We celebrate you today. We give you thanks for each of these people in Christ's name. Amen. Let's put our hands together for each of these individuals today.